to Best of Friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody. 2M Football Podcast here, coming at you with another episode of off-season analysis. I'm Mike. And I am Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Mike. How is this fine June evening treating you? It's hot, it's muggy, and I don't like any of it. <laughs> yeah, going outside is pretty miserable these this time of summer. Make it go away. Make it stop. Worst part is it's actually not even summer officially yet. It's terrible. <laughs> so how are we going to make it better? Let's make it better by talking about uh-huh. some football. All right, all right, I'm down, I'm down. And on the docket today, I believe we had plans to dip into the news stories per the huge. That's what the kids are saying. I don't is feel... What, is that what they're saying? I don't feel as hip. I feel kind of creepy <laughs> saying it, if I'm not going to be honest. You know, I felt a little um, weird hearing it, um, but yeah. <laughs> and then maybe some... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just kick it off with the NFC East this week. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. Full disclosure, I had originally slated us to do two divisions this week, uh, but, you know, stuff happened, which is another thing the kids say, I think. Yeah, we're only going to be doing the NFC East today, and then we'll be back uh, next week to, f- to round it out with the West and the North, and that will complete our roster breakdowns. That was kind of fast, but proceed. It seemed fast, yeah. I don't mind, because these, these are a lot of work <laughs> doing this research. I don't know what you're talking about. It was a breeze for me. <laughs> Drew Breeze? Retired, like me. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned news. Really nothing. This is the kind of the, the deadest, the quietest part of the NFL calendar. Insert cricket noises in background. The only thing I could even think of to say is that uh, we're getting close to training camps <laughs> in less than a month. All 32 teams will be in action with their official training camps, which is exciting. Woo! And uh, yeah, some little bit of history being made. This is the first time that uh, usually every team... Uh, the, the league leaves it up to their disclosure when exactly they want to start their training camp this week. They're all starting, or this year, they're all starting on the same day. So cool. Everyone's itching to get back into it after a weird preseason, off season last year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to be back to normalcy in that regard. So I guess uh, we don't need to take a break already since there was uh, we haven't really done anything yet. So. Thank you, I love that. I don't know why I bothered putting together those uh, interlude musical numbers if I, if I know you could have just I'm pretty sure that's from the Wii and it's copyrighted, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> just going to use that from now on. I don't think anyone will know. <laughs> well, now that I've called myself out on it. <laughs> Nick, Nintendo's going to be all over that. Yeah, Nick, don't report us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just one division today. 
is an interesting one, though. <laughs> it got so much more exciting after this year. <laughs> and that is, of course, the NFC East, which consists of the Washington football team, the New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. And so, as usual, just going in order of the standings last year, uh, we're going to talk about Washington first. And uh, uh, the first thing I wanted to mention is I, I believe when – they retired the name Redskins last offseason and, and rebranded as the Washington football team. I think they said they would have their long-term new name ready prior to the 2021 season. Uh, but, but since then, I've, I've heard they might just keep Washington football team, which I think is kind of cool. I mean, the woof is kind of cool. <laughs> the what? The woofed. The woofed. Oh, yeah, that's a you. <laughs> yes, that's right. Do we put that one? Uh, do we submit that name for consideration? I know they were polling the public at one point. <laughs> uh, excuse me, uh, Washington Football Head Head Office. We like the name the Wolfs. <laughs> sure, that'll be fine. Sure, we'll go over. What do I win? I want a prize. Uh, well, the prize is we get to talk about this team right now. All right, that's like feels like a consolation prize, but let's do it. So last year. Uh, they finished seven and nine, which was good enough to win the division and get a, a losing spot. record. Mind everybody, won yep. the division. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, they were they were an okay team though. They had a pretty good defense in particular. They had the second fewest yards allowed in the league and the fourth fewest points allowed. So pretty solid on that side of the ball. Uh, but offense is where they had trouble. They had the third worst offense in terms of yards per game. I mean, you know, with with. You know, Dwayne Haskins leading it. Mike, how that how that go? <laughs> it went poorly in Washington, but he has one more chance. <laughs> or as our as our dynasty uh, roster cuts discussions heat up, we're we're debating what to do with Haskins because he is in Pittsburgh now. <laughs> if Ben retires, I think we know Mason Rudolph isn't going to be the answer uh, next. Duck Hodges all the way. Yeah, Haskins was was terrible. He was an absolute disaster. However, Taylor Henneke came in towards the end of the season, and he started their playoff game against the um, eventual champions, the Bucks, and they played a competitive game. I mean, they, given the uh, circumstances they, against that, that that pass rush of Tampa Bay, right? You really can't throw a lot of blame around. Like they went out there and they played football. They won. You know, Tampa ended up winning by one score. Yeah, 31 to 23, closer than most people probably thought that game was going to be. Uh, and I think you have to call the, the season a success for them. It was Ron Rivera's first year there. Um, so you might say the new Rivera is off to a good start. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Give you credit for re- introducing that joke to the show last offseason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so this offseason, as we dive into the moves that they've made, they have a couple significant losses on that defensive side of the football. They lost Ronald Darby, the all-pro cornerback who went to Denver, and then Ryan Kerrigan, defensive end, who's been here for a really long time, it feels like. He actually hops over in the division to the Eagles. Uh, however, they also made some good pickups. Uh, they brought in William Jackson, the cornerback from I want to say Cincinnati, but I didn't write it down, so I don't know if that's true. Good job. Uh, Curtis Samuel. Some research. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver from Carolina, who I, I'm a big fan of. He's a, he's a good 
kind of utility player to have on in your offense. They brought Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course. I love that. He's going to be in, in competition for the starting QB role. And then Adam Humphrey, wide receiver who had been with Tennessee. And then in the draft, with their 19th overall pick in the first round, they took Jameen Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. Filling in some of those defensive woes that they had. I like it. And they did exactly. a great pick last year. So. Who? Oh, yeah. Yes, Chase Young. <laughs> Oh. Sorry, that took me a second. That wasn't in the notes, so I was like, oh, Matt, what are you doing? It wasn't later. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is later. God, you alert. read what you write? Matt, I am in such a daze most of the time because I'm so tired. <laughs> remember the remember the typo-written <laughs> notes from last week? I clearly don't <laughs> proofread anything. <laughs> Proofreading's for pansies. It's, it's, just like a, yeah, it's just like a stream of consciousness. Um. So, yeah, those are the moves they've made. Let's take a look at the roster now on offense. The studs, of course, Terry McLaurin, uh, the wide receiver. Uh, he's pretty. He's really good, one of the best out there, and a matchup nightmare for opposing corners. Uh, Brandon Scherf on the offensive line at guard position is also very good. And I think with the moves they made this offseason, I think they have a really solid receiving core. I I like think I it's said, way more upgraded than it was last year. Yeah, yeah. And like I already said, I love the addition of Curtis Samuel. He he adds a dimension of, uh, you know, he can run it out of the backfield. He's a good route runner. He's, he's fast. He can kind of do it all. And then Adam Humphreys, I think, is a little bit under the radar, kind of sneaky good. Just a good I think football he's gonna player. Play, I, think, I think he's going to play outside of uh, McLaurin and using Samuel in the slot. Seems mm-hmm. like it'd be a much better matchup, which seems weird that you don't think Humphreys as a WR2, but it, it's it's how you're scheming these plays that really matters more than their location. Right. Yeah, so as a, as a whole, I put that as a, a major strength for this team now, which it, it wasn't last year. It's been just McLaurin for a long time, or basically his whole career there so far. Uh, I don't see a ton of weakness in this offense either. If we're really nitpicking... There, there's not, there's no depth on the O line. The starters are all solid to great, uh, but the the backups leave a lot to be desired. And there are always injuries. We know this every season. There are injuries, and when these guys step in, there could be trouble. But you could say that about most teams. And we're really just mostly grading the starters here. Uh, so I think this is a pretty good looking offense. Biggest question that I could think of anyway, uh, well, two actually. One Number is. One. One is regarding uh, running back Antonio Gibson. He looked so good last year. Was he a rookie last year? I think so. I believe so. Looked really good uh, before getting hurt. And I believe he tweaked something in his foot or maybe his toe this offseason already. And, you know, the expectation is he's ready week one, but that just adds to the questions is will he get a full workload if they're worried about managing that injury? Uh, Will he be able to stay healthy and then just continue on that you know that that upward trajectory of he looked like he was going to be a really really good running back uh and then probably the bigger question than that even is who's going to quarterback this team yeah this is where i feel the interesting part of it comes in because ryan fitzpatrick brings a plethora of experience to the field um but then henneke really kind of showed like he went toe-to-toe with arguably the greatest and didn't win but i mean like i said he didn't go down without a fight right 
And then there's Kyle Allen. <laughs> also there. <laughs> no, joke, joking aside, Kyle Allen it was, was a, a decent backup. Yeah, and he's a guy in that – Carolina. Is, right, and he's familiar with Rivera. So that's his edge potentially. So, but yeah, I have be, a feeling that it's either going to be Ryan or Tyler. Starting uh, yeah, this. yeah, I agree with that. And I, I think it's I, – I, I'm biased. I, I don't know. I just love Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I, I'm going <laughs> to – I mean, what's not to love about the guy? Like, seriously, yeah. Look what he did with Miami last year, a team that also wasn't necessarily expected to compete, and, and they were they were good. So we'll watch that uh, battle, this uh, training camp, with great interest. Uh, here we go. Over on the defensive side of the ball, Chase Young. Yeah. Hey, that guy. Mention him. <laughs> First-round pick last year in his rookie season, seven and a half sacks. Do you know where tackles. he's from? Is he from Ohio State? You know it. <laughs> I do know it. That's the only time you ever talk about <laughs> college (laughs) uh yeah really productive rookie season he won defensive rookie of the year as you predicted you sure did and he he definitely lived up to the hype now the key thing is year two can you keep it going or can you get better yeah in theory should be able to have an opportunity to get much better with the full off season but we saw a lot of rookies play surprisingly well last year given everything that happened and, and didn't happen in the off season. I would, I would have to take a quick second to really, for the most part, congratulate the coaching staff for how they pulled it off last year. Yeah, totally. I think uh, if they'd gotten a playoff win, especially over the Bucks, Rivera would have been a good candidate for uh, the coach of the year, I think, too. Also on this defense, you got a uh, phrase and acquisition, William Jackson. Uh, who hasn't been a really big interception guy necessarily. He only has three picks in his four-year career. Uh, But he's a really just solid cover corner. And in three of the four years he's been in the league, he had 11 or more pass deflections. And it's amazing that I've always been a big believer of everyone wants the big play, which is the pick, the interception. But those pass deflections get in a quarterback's head because it's all about timing. And yeah, arguably, right. those little details, um, owning the line of scrimmage, getting into a quarterback's head with the timing with certain receivers like that, really do throw, uh, throw an offense out because offense is all about timing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And interceptions are a little bit fluky. You know, that, like you can't just go on that stat to determine if a guy's good. And, and so Jackson is really solid. This is a great pickup. And as you said, softens the blow of losing Ronald Darby in free agency. I uh, couldn't really find any duds here either on this defense. And the, the only question I can even really think of is, can they do it again? The, before Rivera came in, this defense was, was bad. It was mediocre to bad. and It was in the bottom seven the last at least three years before Ron Rivera took over. Right. So, so the question, I guess, is, is it just like a – like a one-year bump, something kind of fluky, or has Rivera and the, the new players that he's brought into his system, have they really turned things around? And I, You could and, argue this is the year to really grade where this team is going to sit. I mean, there were a lot of flukes. There was a lot of uncertainty with the season last year, but now you're back to relative normalcy. Right. You've got an offseason. You've drafted. Your team is relatively the same with the occasional, like every team deals with, losses and ads for free agency. You've got your rookies that you've drafted. Now put a team 
put them on the field and play. Yep, well said. And overall, the biggest question for this team really is the quarterback. The the only question really, I think, is who's going to play quarterback. Will they pick the right guy, and will will he be able to lead this offense to bigger and better things? Because that was their weakness last year was offense. Uh, so, in terms of a grade, I graded this roster at a B. I gave it a B plus because I have a feeling that regardless of quarterbacks. I want to say they can't really pick wrong, but we know that's not true. You could absolutely make the wrong choice, but you have what looks to be a potential, you know, gold pick with, with Henneke there, but you've also got the experience to back them up if things start to go south. So I feel like they're in, they're in a, they're not in a bad position. Teams would love to be in that position where you have two quality people to plug in and make it through the season. Right. Yeah. So yep. I'm going to give the roster overall a B plus. Yeah, I'm, I'm no problem with that. So last year, second place in the division was the Giants at six and ten. Uh, they had a new head coach. It was Joe Judge's first year um, as a, a, a head coach at all. His first year in New York. Uh, the team it started out pretty rocky. Started one and seven, uh, but then they did go on a four game winning streak that included. Their best game of the season, probably a 17 to 12 win over the Seahawks, which seemingly came out of nowhere. <laughs> this team uh, also played better on defense than expected and had almost a similar script to Washington in that their offense was terrible. <laughs> it was the second worst offense in the league. We're going to talk more about that and why that might have been. One thing that obviously didn't help was losing star running back Saquon Barkley to an ACL tear in week two. Uh, but yeah, we have more to, more to say about the offense. They they had a pretty busy offseason. Their only major loss in free agency was Kevin Zeitler, one of their guards. On the flip side, they brought in Kenny Galladay, the wide Excellent. receiver. Yeah, he was. I think he was probably the top free agent on the market coming out of Detroit. A uh, really really good receiver. They brought in Adore Jackson at cornerback, uh, who had spent his previous four years with Tennessee. Kyle Rudolph at tight end over from Minnesota. And then Devontae Booker, uh, the running back who had kind of a resurgent season with uh, with the Raiders last year. And then they continued to make uh, good moves, in my opinion, in the draft. With the first-round pick, they took uh, Kadarius Toney, 20th overall the receiver out of Florida. And then in the second round, with the 50th overall pick, they took Aziz Ojolari, linebacker out of Georgia, who, if I remember correctly, we in our mock had going in the first round, but he went 50th, so I, that's good value there. And it addresses both sides of the ball. They definitely yeah. needed to bolster their receiving core for uh, Daniel Jones, but right. they also can't give up on the defensive side, which was above average. Yeah, yep. So I feel like they address kind of what they need to do. They, they loaded this offense. I think Galladay and Rudolph are excellent additions. Booker will serve in a really good position, depending on Saquon's condition going into the start of the season. Right. Okay, yeah. So looking at the roster now, the studs on offense are Saquon, obviously, assuming health. Um, and then Kenny Galladay. The rest of them are, are sort of average to good. Serviceable. Except- serviceable that's a good way to put it except for the offensive line <laughs> they they still oh, man. have a pretty bad offensive line r.i.p andrew thomas your prove it player last year 
there was a little bit of hope towards the end, but the rest of the line was just collapsing in on itself, like a, a Nova, a Nova star imploding <laughs> and forming a black hole of suck. A very, very good analogy. And then, yeah, they lost Zeitler in free agency and didn't really bring in anyone Address notable. anything? No, no. I mean, I love that they brought in some great receivers, but if, if Daniel Jones has no time to throw the ball, it's not going to help too much. And I think Daniel Jones is the biggest question mark on this offense. Really? And, I really and, think we just established that the offensive line is the bigger, biggest question mark. It's at least the heaviest question mark. I don't, I don't have a question about the offensive line. I know it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but my question is, it's a simple one. Is Daniel Jones good? I mean, I feel like it's an unfair question given what we just said. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's hard to uh, grade him given that. But I think this is his time to to prove it one way or the other. The you know, receiving. not everyone's Russell Wilson who can make magic happen because he runs for his life on every snap. I will reference that from now until the day Russell Wilson retires. Or Seattle builds an offensive line. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> you know what they say, if it isn't broke. <laughs> Kill Russell Wilson. Got yeah. it. But I think this is the year for Daniel Jones to prove that he was worth whatever the what was a sixth pick overall a couple of years ago now look at the receiving core they've got obviously kenny De- kenny galladay sterling shepherd darius slayton the big play guy they've got the rookie to- Kadarius tony evan ingram can be a really dynamic uh, asset at tight end when he's when he's healthy but they brought in rudolph for stability at the position too i think this is a loaded receiving core and Absolutely. assuming assuming saquon is back like this should be a good offense. But Daniel Jones has had trouble with with turning the ball over. And obviously a lot of that comes from getting sacked more than probably your average NFL quarterback because of how porous this line is. But you got to learn to figure out how to not fumble every time you're sacked. (laughs) That is not good. You know what, Mike? We're going to just going to put you on the the field. We're going (laughs) to let you take some hits, and we'll see how well you hold on to that football. Uh, I'm not saying I could do it, but okay, let's let's do this. Andrew Just Thomas. Just make sure you write. Uh, write your I take back what I said about Andrew you. Thomas. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, on defense, they've got some really good players. Uh, James Bradbury at cornerback has been improving pretty much every season. He turned in his best year as a pro last year, and I'd say he's borderline elite at the position now. Blake Martinez in the linebacking core. Oh, Green Bay's so stupid. <laughs> I know. Why did they let They're him so go? So mad. He had the fourth most tackles of any player in the league last year. He had the third most um, two years ago when he was in Green Bay, and uh, which is not super common for an interior linebacker. He also had three sacks, nine tackles for loss, and even five pass deflections. How about that? Yeah, we'll just let him go. We'll return to Chicago now and like, get a word of all of our good players and let him go have fantastic careers. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, okay. right. Uh, but, yeah, he's in New York now and to their benefit. And then Leonard Williams on the defensive line had 11 and a half sacks last year. Stud! Safe to say he's turned things around, yeah, from when he was a, a bust on the other side of town with the Jets. It was the Jets. That's Under yeah, Adam you, you can't blame you. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you knew what was coming. <laughs> oh man, I love it. 
it's way more relevant than me shoehorning Brett Favre into every episode. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is you have an unpassionate love for Brett Favre, and I have an unbridled hatred for Adam Gase. Different types of passion, but both passion nonetheless. <laughs> Very fitting to our personalities. On the other end of things, there the uh, where this defense kind of breaks down a little bit is the rest of the linebackers outside of Martinez. They've got Reggie Ragland, Tay Crowder, both in the bottom half at their position and haven't really panned out. So they need to uh, strengthen the the linebacking core around Martinez. But it's a really solid defense. Um, and, and as for defensive question marks, I don't really have any <laughs> except what they'll be as a group again because they have a lot of a lot of average guys on this defense, a few really good ones, and a few bad ones. So what is that? It's, what does that all come out it's to? It's going to come down to your your great players are great because of when they make their plays. So any player could be a great player. It's all about capitalizing on the opportunity when it's put in front of you. So these average guys have the chance to step up this year and make this defense one notch better. But it's going to come out, come out, come down to those guys like Reggie Ragland and Tay Crowder to just a little bit more, right. a little bit more disruptiveness in the run game can turn the tide in several close games. Yeah, totally. And I think it'll come down to coaching too. It's like, what can the coaching staff get out of these guys that haven't been maybe up to par as of yet? in their careers. Uh, overall, I, I really like what this team did this off season. I think they've made themselves a lot better, but pr- I still say protecting Daniel Jones is the key. And that's one area they, as we discussed, they did nothing to improve in. So that's uh, going to be tough. Obviously things like a great running game with Saquon Barkley and having good down the field threats, all of those things help. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to be able to, to block the opposing uh, defenders. I know novel, novel stuff there. <laughs> if you yeah, can, if you can do that. Then... Analysis. <laughs> what you came here for. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. There's a free podcast. You get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> but the defense looks really solid again. Uh, so I think they could, uh, could be okay. And I gave them a B minus just because of Daniel Jones, really in the offensive line. I want to give them a high C plus. The defense still has several question marks in it. I, I do not like the fact they did not address the offensive line. And yeah. I think that's going to come back to bite them hardcore. And until you get at least a halfway decent offensive line, you can have all the weapons in the world, but if you can't protect them or allow your players to get open, doesn't matter and what I don't want to see is Daniel Jones forced to move the football vertically and take hits Um, the other thing being is at least when last time I checked we still don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to start they said he was going to but just a few weeks ago there was a big question mark in the air along his recovery path if he would be ready for week one yeah that's true so you know, you're going to be down Saquon again. Jones has no protection. The defense has several question marks. They made a lot of good moves, but not enough to to really bring this team into the fold. Okay. I like it. I think that's fair. Moving right along to the Dallas Cowboys, Matt's Cowboys. Surprisingly, right? Yeah. 
and really it's not Matt's Cowboys. It's just I'm a fan of death. Yes. Yes. And it's so are... fantasy, but it's all right, buddy. <laughs> Well, anyone who likes the Cowboys has to be a fan of Dak, and the season sort of fell apart when they lost him in week five. Uh, through the first four weeks of the season, he was setting all kinds of records with the yardage totals, the, the numbers he was putting up. Averaging 40 fantasy points per game, mind you. <laughs> Carrying that to, a, uh, I believe, a 4-0 start, right, in fantasy? It was a 4-0 start, and then I didn't win anything after that. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, and neither did the Cowboys, really. <laughs> the offense wasn't the same <laughs> after they lost Dak. Uh, despite having a solid backup in Andy Dalton, he got hurt, too, uh, for a while. He came back eventually. But, yeah, the offense was off to such a crazy start. Lost Prescott. What are you saying? Ben DiNucci isn't a star-studded quarterback? Oh, poor Ben DiNucci. I feel so bad for him, but no, he's not. <laughs> He played a good half of football, if I remember correctly, against the Eagles before things uh, fell apart. <laughs> but I would say it wasn't all on the offense. There's a bigger issue in yes. play here. Yes. <laughs> the defense uh, could not keep them in games. Uh, they couldn't stop the run. <laughs> Are you saying allowing 160 yards a game on the ground is not good? I have a feeling you're not going to win too many games allowing that many rushing yards. <laughs> And uh, they allowed a lot of points, too. 29.6 averaged allowed per game, which was the fifth worst in the league. I, I and did when, see... if you watch them, you cringe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially early on. I feel like we did see a little bit of improvement as the season wore on. Well, that's because, remember, Van Der Esch got Lee, hurt and came back, yeah. so there was some yeah. interior issues. Sean Lee retired this year. It's really the interior of that defense that needs help. Well, they finished six and ten, third place in the division last year. Nailed it. And let's uh, let's jump into their off season. They've lost uh, Chidobi Awuzi, cornerback, who went to Cincinnati. They lost Andy Dalton, who went to Chicago, and they lost Cam Irving, their left tackle from last year, who went to the Panthers. And the only real free agency addition that they brought in was Keanu Neal, the safety formerly of Atlanta. I'm wondering if that's going to be one of those they may switch the safety to cornerback in order to replace Awuzie. Interesting. Maybe. I, I could see that being a potential possibility. They did address defense uh, in the draft, though, with their first two picks. Uh, in the first round, 12th overall, they took Micah Parsons, the linebacker out Excellent of Penn State. Pick out of yep. Penn. Yep, yep. That should help a lot with the run game right there. The run that's defense. That's to replace Sean Lee. Yeah, hopefully less injury prone, but we'll see. You're right. Damn hamstrings. And then in the second round with the 44th overall pick, they took Kelvin Joseph, the corner out of Kentucky. Rookie corners always make me nervous. Uh, yep. Yep. Agreed. It, it takes a, That's one of the hardest positions, it seems, to, to make the transition from the college game to the pros. Uh, in terms of, the, of their roster on offense, obviously they have a star-studded Stick. offense led by Dak Prescott. Fresh on a new, um, what is it, four-year deal, five-year I forget. He signed a long-term extension with the team this offseason. He's well, going to be a Cowboy for a while yet. Well-deserved. Yep, yep. Uh, they have maybe one of the best, definitely one of the best receiving cores in the, in the Just league. Just this lineup. Yeah, you got Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, the rookie who was amazing last season, Michael Gallup, who sometimes can catch – 
<laughs> I mean, so can sometimes Jerry Judy, but we'll just, you know. <laughs> Between those three guys, yeah, that's a, they're they're all they're all good. Um, and then the offensive line isn't what it used to be, but they've still got Zach Martin at tackle. He is maybe the best offensive tackle in football right now. However, in the duds column, pretty much the rest of the offensive line is not good. Um, Especially their center. Yeah. I think he was like third from bottom in the league as a center, which I don't know. I feel like that's kind of an important position you don't want to suck at. True. (laughs) Again, going back to my black hole analogy. (laughs) Yes. Can you explain that again? Yeah. Just kidding. You just kind of collapse in on yourself until you become so heavy, you just continue to implode to the point that you form a giant black hole of suck on the field. (laughs) And uh, just this guy's name, I'm kind of made me laugh. It it looks like someone's trying to spell the word badass, but being sneaky about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like a two year old. Badass. Tyler, yeah, buy buy it as. Anyway, yeah, he sucks. Oh, good job, little Timmy. You figured it out. And he's slated to be the starting center again. And then you oh, also what could got, possibly go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> You've also got guys like Terrence Steele, Brandon Knight. I think they're tackles as well that played a lot due to injuries. And, and per our, our BFFs at PFF, they were bottom five at the, at the tackle position across the league. I have become a fan of that BFF at PFF. <laughs> oh, it's a, that's a staple of the show now. But that's kind of what this offense used to be known for, right? Like when when Zeke was at his best, and it was it right. This this was for two to three solid years as one of the top, if not the top, offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Now to the Colts. Zach Martin's really all that's left of that group. Yeah, yes, it is. It is the Colts now. Uh, My biggest question for the offense, besides the line, which we know is probably going to be a slight issue again in twenty twenty one. Uh, is is for Ezekiel Elliott himself. He had his worst year at, in the league last year. He had career lows in yards, touchdowns, per carry average. Everything was down across the board, except not, when well, he, I was going to say not everything was down. <laughs> one that went up was fumbles. He had a career high in fumbles last year. What with was six. most infuriating is after the first one, he's like, "Nah, it's never going to happen again." And then fumbled twice in like the next game, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'm not a math expert." But twice is more than one, and you said no, and none was going to happen. Way more than zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, and then he was like, nah, it's it's done, it's over. I got it on my system, it's done. And then I fumbled two more times in the season. And uh, as as you noted several times throughout the season, he was often outperformed by teammate Tony Pollard in that backfield. Pollard is a beast, and so I, much credit to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that begs the question, is is everything going to be fine with Zeke next year with Dak back in the fold? Or was he really – I mean, we know he's a above-average runner, but was he more the product of the, the guys that used to be blocking for him, you know, who are gone <laughs> and now? Well, what really begs the question on the offensive side for Dallas is what are they going to do with Dak? Are they going to limit the quarterback runs, which ultimately is why he got hurt? Dak had speed to his hand, which means when you're guarding on that defensive side of the ball, you got to be mindful of a very nimble and quick quarterback as well as a running back that's very good at cutting and moving uphill. You have both. That's a lot to keep your eyes on. If 
if the offense under Mike McCarthy now all of a sudden dials back on having Dak run, that's going to leave it on these running backs to, to make the cuts needed and basically form their own holes with this subpar offensive line. Yep. And for whatever reason, it seemed like Pollard was able to do that more regularly than Zeke. I don't know why. Uh, so we will see what that ground game, yeah, I guess between all three of those guys, right? If you include Dak in that and, and his running ability, what is that going to look like in 2021? Moving over to the defensive side, uh, one of the few or maybe the only stud on this defense is Demarcus Lawrence, the defensive end who's the in there a while, still getting it done. I feel like Leighton Van Der Esch is borderline stud status, but PFF didn't like him as much as I think you do. <laughs> it's fine. We don't always agree. Our, our BFFs at PFF sometimes become our VFFs for PFF, villain friends forever. Okay. God, I wasn't sure where you were going with that, but I do, I do agree with you. I had less confidence of where I was going with that. But yeah, sometimes they're just wrong. Like Patrick Queen. He's worst <laughs> linebacker, worst linebacker in the league. <laughs> so mad, so mad. Uh, but anyway, there are some guys, a lot of guys on this defense that I, I do agree with our, our friends over there that are terrible, and it's most of the secondary. Jordan Lewis, a cornerback who they ironically re-signed to, I think, a three-year deal. Okay. Um, Anthony Anthony Brown, also at corner who was just awful in coverage last year. And then J-Ron Kirst at safety, which is a name I'd never heard before, but he was bad. Look it up. <laughs> I think the biggest question for this defense. Check it with our BFS if you're unsure. <laughs> this this defense, um, their, their biggest chance for success is going to depend on young players stepping up. They've got – Trevon Diggs at cornerback, who, as you mentioned, uh, he was a rookie last year, struggled the first half, but really seemed like he was getting things turned around. I think he had a couple of interceptions um, off of, I, I want to say Carson Wentz. He had a two-interception game, which, you know, not, saying, not saying that much. Yeah, it was Carson Wentz, but still, uh, <laughs> he looked like he was coming on strong at the end of the year. And then as we just went over, they spent some high draft picks on uh, – defensive players this year that they're going to hope can come in, contribute right away. And then with uh, Keanu Neal, they brought back at safety. Like you said, do they convert him to a corner? Do they keep him at safety? And and maybe the change of scenery, change of coaching staff uh, just helps him get back on track because he was a high draft. Under too, Mike McCarthy, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, those are the guys that this defense is going to rely on. If, if they're going to be any better than last year because they didn't do much in free agency. So they're, they're relying on the, the young guys to kind of just step up. Uh, Great. Overall, I think the offense should be just as good, pick up right where they left off. Um, but the defense has questions, but hope. That's the nice thing about young guys is they're, they're unknowns. They might be really good. They might or they're terrible. <laughs> yes, but at least there's the hope. And uh, I, I have Dallas at a B because I do think they have an elite offense and a defense that might sink them, but there's hope that it won't. I'm going to have to go with the B minus. While that receiving core and Dak Prescott is incredible, there's too many questions on the offensive line, which leads to questions about the run game. Um, and Ezekiel's performance, I don't know how they're 
going to adapt to this, how this injury is going to force them to adapt with Dak Prescott in the lineup. Um, and this defense was terrible last year. And while they've made some strides to improve it until they start to get on the field and really show us kind of what they have, it's on the offense to win games right now. So I got to go with, with, with a very low B minus one point away from a C plus. The only thing uh, addition that I didn't mention was that they brought in Dan Quinn uh, to run the defense this year. So hopefully. Right. Cause heard. Atlanta had such a top five defense. <laughs> well, he, they had Keanu Neal. Sorry. So I, I'll behave myself. Brought him with, <laughs> brought him along. Yeah, because that worked well in it. That dominant defense. All right. Yeah, that's 28 to 20 fan. I thought you liked Dan Quinn. I did. As a coach, but as a defense, you didn't do jack. It's fine. (laughs) I'm not angry at all. Shut up. Trying to have that as a positive note to end the Cowboys on, but you ruined it. So let's just move on. (laughs) Uh, For the Eagles. You threw threw me a bone and I took the bone and threw it back. You threw it. You didn't throw it back. You ran over here and started beating me with it. <laughs> Stop being stupid. It's like it's like my Cardinals uh, sleeper pick all over again, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am mean for it. I mean, it was hilarious, but I didn't mean it. In the in the immortal words of I think it was Taylor Swift. Why you gotta be so mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Life. Anyway, like the Eagles. Life just sucks sometimes. Uh, yeah, yeah, out of the Eagles. But you know what doesn't suck is our our Eagles correspondent Sorio, and we couldn't have him join us live today. But he is going to send me an audio clip of his thoughts on the Eagles. Oh, so uh, we're gonna do our we're gonna do our bullshit, and then I'm gonna let him do the real analysis after. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so very quickly, so that we can have him do most of the work for us. Last year, All right, excellent. This was uh, one of several teams that was just hit by a massive injury bug all season, especially on offense. They, they lost a lot of their offensive line for big chunks. Miles Sanders was in and out of the lineup. They were pulling wide receivers literally off the street, just random guys They're like, who wants to play receiver? <laughs> uh, and both of their tight ends were missed stretches of the season with injury too. So it was just brutal. And I don't know how much of that you can blame on uh, quarterback Carson Wentz's struggles, but he was just terrible he only played 12 games before being benched for Jalen Hurts in those 12 games he was sacked 50 times oh my goodness <laughs> he threw 15 like four picks. times a game yeah. he threw 15 picks in those 12 games and just for comparison uh, this was what his fourth year in Philadelphia his previous high in sacks was 33 and that was across a full 16 game season in 12 games he blew that out of the water so he was on par for almost oh, over gosh. 60 sacks. Something like, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. 50, yeah, I, I, I can't do that math live on the Four per <laughs> game, and he had four more games. That's another 16. That's 66 sacks in a season. <laughs> he would have doubled that. That's not, a, that's not I, what I, you want to double. That's... I wonder if that's a record. I should look that up. But, yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was so bad. And I should have looked up his fumbles, too, because I know he had a ton of fumbles, <laughs> plus the 15 picks, which were the most he's thrown since his rookie season. Just terrible year for Wentz. But also he was thrown to practice squad, guys. So you can't put it all on him, I guess. Anyway, ultimately they finished 4-11 and 1, and they 
fired their Super Bowl winning head coach, Doug Peterson, and replaced him with uh, former Colts offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni. And then they shipped off Carson Wentz. Uh, Jalen Hurts came in, started the last four games of the season, looked okay, showed enough that to be excited about. <laughs> um, and they were able to get out from under Wentz and, and the monster contract. And I have it in the losses column, but maybe that's going to be addition by subtraction. We'll see. Uh, they also lost their safety, Jalen Mills, in free agency to the Patriots. And Deshaun Jackson, I don't know, not like he was doing anything anyway. Guy comes in and runs one one deep route and then pulls a hammy and he's out for six weeks. <laughs> he's like 40 now. But he went to the Rams. <laughs> good, good luck. Uh, they brought in Anthony Harris, the safety, uh, I believe, from Minnesota. I don't know why I didn't write this down. Joe Flacco, quarterback, most recently from the Jets. He will presumably back up and or have a uh, training camp battle with Hertz for the starting role. And then they also brought in Ryan Kerrigan, like we talked about at the top uh, defensive end, edge rusher from Washington. And I think I that's remember. overall, those are great additions. I like yeah. the addition of Harris and Kerrigan, especially on the defensive side. Agree. And Flacco brings a little bit of stability to the, the, the quarterback room. Yeah. Yeah. He's fine. He's still a professional quarterback. And then I think they did pretty well in the draft here too. They, I think they traded up right to tenth to take Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama. And then in the second round, uh, high second round pick, thirty seventh overall, they took Landon Dickerson, the center and guard out of also Alabama, which is ironically where um, Jalen Hurts is from too. So getting the the band back together, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, they do have some talent on the offense. The studs are Dallas Goddard at tight end. I think he's really emerged uh, the past few seasons and really taken over the the tight end one role from Zach Ertz. Uh, they've got shocking. Jason... We never thought we'd say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got Jason Kelsey, one of the premier centers in the league, and then Lane Johnson too. Although these are both guys that missed a lot of last season, or at least I, I know Lane Johnson did. I remember that. That tackle uh, when healthy, those guys are, are really good. I still, so this receiving core was an absolute mess last year, as we've talked about. Even when healthy, I think they had, um, you know, the aging and injury prone Alshon Jeffrey. Same thing for Deshaun Jackson. Um, Jalen Rager was kind of disappointing in his first season with the team last year. Uh, and they so they were Wentz was throwing to guys like Greg Ward, John John Hightower, JJ Ortega Whiteside, who were just they played way too much for the level of talent those guys have. <laughs> we'll see what I Smith mean, can do. You could argue they didn't have kind of a choice at that point. I mean, Ward had some great like spots of games, but there yeah, was so much inconsistency on the offense that right, yeah. You know how do you judge? How do you gauge what these players were? You can't. Yeah, it's true. But as a group, they're going to need to be much better if uh, if Hertz is going to have any chance to succeed. So we'll see what Devontae Smith can do as a rookie. We'll see if Rager can make a, a year two jump. So I guess those are among the questions facing this off- offense. The other questions are Zach Ertz's future. I guess it's maybe even not that relevant considering Goddard already seems to have overtaken his role. Uh, but that said, he's still on the team. They're They're trying to trade him, but 
they've been on they've been trying all off season i think and they've been unsuccessful the supposed qb competition like i guess is the biggest storyline the biggest I feel question like that's just that's just fluff yeah I, I, me too <laughs> me too but they're they're claiming that hurts won't just be handed the starting role it's probably just like a you're right he'll be gifted boost his confidence uh oh like, good job. Yeah, you, you totally beat out Joe Flacco. I mean, the only the reason I could see anything like that one is because they still don't have anything reliable as a receiver and they don't want to put him in that position. So, yeah, let's make Flacco look stupid. <laughs> they don't have to do that. He'll, he'll do it himself. Just don't ask him to slide. Yes. The terrible things will happen. <laughs> or hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I think we're all assuming Hertz is going to be the guy under center week one, and and so then that becomes the biggest question: is what what will this offense look like with with Sirianni, who of course is the, an offensive minded guy, coming from that role with the Colts and and Hertz. So it's it's interesting. On defense, they got a couple good players, a couple of veterans, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, both on the defensive line, both very good still. Uh, on the flip side, you got Avante Maddox at corner who is uh, definitely at dud status these days on paper the defense looks like pretty much the same group as last year when they were just middle of the pack perfectly average in in most categories (laughs) and i think the problem is that their best players on this roster are probably closer to the end of their careers than the beginning so at some point things start to tail off and they don't have the the young guns, so to speak, in there to take over. Florio, what do you have to say about this? What is up, 2M Nation? Sorio is checking in for another little guest spot on 2M Football. Uh, Mike and Matt asked me to do a little bit of an Eagles corner for uh, the upcoming season. A little breakdown of where we are and where we're looking. Uh, so, you know, I'm here to talk about my dumb Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, really weird offseason for, for this team. Uh, moved on from Carson Wentz, which was obviously the big thing. There was a moment, fleeting moment in the middle where I thought uh, that the Eagles would get a first-round pick from the Bears or something. But that obviously didn't pan out. Uh, best of luck for Carson in, in Indianapolis, reunited with Frank Reich. Uh, Doug Peterson's gone after... Uh, Three years removed from a Super Bowl, so that's that's kind of an interesting uh, situation. Uh, I think Peterson just, I think Frank Reich and that staff made Peterson a lot of the way. Uh, but the hiring Nick Sirianni is, I don't, I was uninspired then. I'm still really uninspired now. Uh, it's a weird hire. It is the offensive coordinator under Frank Reich in Indianapolis for the last uh, two or three seasons. And I don't have a lot to say about him. I don't really know his book that well. So, you know, we'll see how that looks. Uh, It'll be his first gig, so we'll see how that looks. Uh, Obviously, this is a big pivot year for the Eagles. Uh, They are committing to Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback with Joe Flacco backing up with a Super Bowl pedigree to watch us win six games. So that'll be great. Um Addressed the wide receiver position in the first round of this draft with Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner. So, look, I mean, the off, on the offensive side of the ball, there's there are some weapons. 
they have a great young running back in Miles Sanders. They have two and a half receivers that I think are worth their weight. Uh, we'll see with Devontae Smith, obviously, but you know, there's something there. He he is maybe one of the best route running receivers we saw in the college game ever. And a uh, little small, so we'll see how that uh, pans out. But uh, Jalen Rager and and Travis Fulgham, Rager in his second year coming off injuries. Uh, Fulgham had a couple breakout games, but I don't know how sustainable that'll be. Still have the two uh, tight ends, Zach Ertz, who may not be long for an Eagles jersey, which will be a bummer because he's my favorite player. And then Dallas Goddard, of course. Uh, now the offensive line is interesting because... We didn't see a fully healthy offensive line maybe the entire season. Uh, Andre Dillard went out uh, in a preseason injury. Brandon Brooks was out. Uh, so that's you know the, a, a second-year tackle and an uh, all-pro guard that's, that are gone. Lane Johnson missed time. Uh, Jason Peters was signed to play left guard, and he actually had to shift over and play left tackle at 39, 38, 39 years old. So that's you know a tough ask for anyone. So I actually think the offensive line will be better, and I actually don't think it has to be that much better for Jalen Hurts to do what he can do, which I think is quite limited as is. I know they're trying to make him into a Kyler Murray type, and I don't know if that upside is even there. Uh, on the defensive side, it's really interesting because the front four is still pretty good. Ryan Kerrigan coming in to, to back up as well. But man, that the three linebackers in the secondary leave a lot to be desired. Uh, the three linebackers. I like Alex Singleton a lot, but the other two guys, TJ Edwards and I think Gennard Avery is going to start. It's one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest, linebacking groups in the NFL. And then the secondary is a bunch of who's who of who the hell is this. Uh, we have Darius Slay and then, and then, you know, I don't feel good about anybody else. Vontae Maddox is okay, but he's small. And then it's it's just like some Marcus Epps some Kevon Seymour, like I don't feel good about any of them. And that's kind of the, the, the key here is I just don't feel great about any of it. So I'm hoping for six to eight wins, and we'll check back next year. All right, thanks. Bye-bye, everyone. And there you have it, the definitive Sorio um, analysis of the Eagles offseason. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that thing he said about you was was really uncalled for. I mean, he's it, it, to be fair, it's right, but like, come on, dude, really? <laughs> but still, I mean, come on, this this podcast is rated for everyone. <laughs> yeah, we don't put people down here, except Mike. <laughs> except Mike, and and like half the players we talk about are calling buds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for that, Sergio. Um Always good to get someone who really knows what they're talking about in here from time we to time. totally listen to it. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit it so he doesn't just drop a bunch of F-bombs and leave. That, that might be what he does based on uh, the, uh, the <laughs> what happened to the Milwaukee Bucks in tonight's NBA playoff game. He's a Bucks Yeah, I, I think he's a little not happy. So, yeah, that is all we have for you today. We uh, Yeah, we've made it through. Three quarters of the league, Matt. We got two more divisions next week coming at you. Hopefully we have some – we probably won't, but hopefully we have some Aaron Rodgers news. That's why I saved the NFC North for last. <laughs> is that why we save it for last, or is it just because we, we never change our format because we're lazy? A little column, column A, a little of column B. <laughs> but, yeah, that being said, we'll, we'll complete the breakdowns next week, and then 
we'll be a week closer to training camp and, and the real start of the, the season. So we're oh, there. Snap. light at the end of the tunnel, but light Mike, at the end of the time. black hole to go with the, the analogy you keep doing. <laughs> you know what? I had so much hope you were going to be able to pull that off. You failed in every way. Thanks everybody. I hope you had fun. We had fun. Sorry, you had, had fun. <laughs> Just trash talking for five minutes. Yeah, that's okay. We will be back here next week at some point, at some time, at some date, bringing you the final two divisions roster breakdowns. It's exciting. We're excited. Woo woo. Can't you tell? <laughs> I know why you're excited. You're excited to stop having to talk to me. I look forward to this every night. See you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.